good to be in the house of the Lord today. Why don't we give the Lord a good hand clap of praise? bless you. you may be seated it's good to see everyone that's in the house of the Lord today Lord bless you for coming to God's house and uh, for the honor and respect of your mothers and uh, also to respect and honor God that's the main thing that's the main reason why we're here is to give God glory and to give God praise because he is worthy of all of our praise amen there's a couple of things I'd like to do uh, this morning before we get into the Word of God and uh, I know this is a little bit different than normal uh, protocol but uh, this is a little different service and I figured you'd rather hear your children than you would me anyway so but uh, I would w I wonder who uh, which mother here this morning has the most children, just your children, that's not in-laws, outlaws, bylaws, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, but just children here in service with you today. Does anybody have five here today that's in church with you right now that's present? If you do, raise your hand. Five. I know, I know Brother Derek and Sister Lisa does. That's a good place to start right there. This is a prime example how to make the church grow right here. That's what we're doing this morning. But uh, anyone have six here today? Anybody have six children present here in service today? All right, Sister Lisa, if you would come up here, please. You win the prize this morning. Who is the oldest mother that is here today? The oldest. Them, them, uh, our kids this morning, was um, they were making some brownie points on that weight, but they was losing it all when they named that age there. Sister Lisa, don't look bad for 90 years old. <laughs> uh, who, who is the oldest mother? Sister Powell? How old are you, Sister Powell? Ninety-three. Anybody older than ninety-three? Sister Duplissy, you win this morning. I mean, <laughs> anyone older than ninety-three? Sister Powell. All right, I know she may, may not be able to walk up here this morning. And uh, I want to give them a gift card today. Last year, I think, uh, or year before last, I bought every uh, mother in here lunch, but due to the circumstances of my family going through at this present time, <laughs> the funds are low. <laughs> I told somebody the other day we were riding and they was talking about our, our family. I said, yeah, I went to doing pretty good to owing more than I can repay. And uh, 
having less than I had before when I started. But anyway, uh, congratulations to uh, these mothers today, and uh, we do appreciate them very much, and uh, thank you for your giving to the Lord and the sacrifice that you make. Let me make some announcements this morning, and uh, next Sunday, Brother Stoltzfus will be here preaching for us Sunday morning and Sunday night. And uh, we're looking forward to that. Always a pleasure to have him come be in service with us from Las Vegas. And uh, that will be next Sunday, the 26th. I will be out of town uh, that Sunday preaching. And uh, so bear with us on that. June the 2nd uh, will be our, our graduation service. It's for our graduates. And uh, Brother Tim James will be here preaching for us that weekend. And uh, this is, I let the, uh, the uh, uh, graduates pick their minister that they would have for that weekend, and that was Brother James, and he will be here with us. And uh, the 6th, June the 6th, we'll be having a special singing by a uh, quartet, and uh, we're looking forward to that. Our Wednesday night service will be uh, changed to Thursday night for that, and it will be a singing. There will be more information on that later. And uh, we want to remember to pray for Brother McDaniel today, and uh, he is doing better, but still very, very critical, and we ask God to touch him and give him a miracle. Also, Sister Adams is in need of prayer today. Let's pray for her. All of those who are not, not able to be here due to sickness, we ask God to touch and strengthen them. We want to say thank you for the beautiful flowers that are here in front of the pulpit. Thank you very much for those who are responsible for that. And Lord bless you for doing so. I, I do appreciate your patience with me over the past week. Uh, made a little journey from Houston to New Orleans. And uh, if you want to know how far it is from Houston to New Orleans, you ought to do it on a bicycle. And uh, then you'll have a good understanding of just how far that is. And uh, we were not able to ride Thursday due to Brother McDaniel's uh, uh, surgery and I had to come back for that and then I went back and finished up Friday but I did ride 455 miles and Louisiana roads are extremely rough they need to take some of that money they're getting from those casinos and repair some of their roads so uh, I do appreciate God's hand of protection and uh, watching over us all and keeping us safe and uh, we were able to raise over $500,000 for the American Red Cross. And uh, thank all of you for your sponsorship. Thank you very much. Now I want to give a special recognition to Sister Duplessy this morning. And uh, been a wonderful pastor's wife for 42 years here serving in this church. And then in Florida, I believe they pastored there for five years. And so many, many years of serving uh, these congregations, and we do honor and respect her today. I'd like her to stand and uh, say something this morning.
would like my wife to come up here this morning. Now, this is getting real dangerous right here. And uh, I want her to come up. She has uh, been a wonderful, wonderful wife and a uh, wonderful mother and uh, to my children. And I couldn't ask for a better wife. And uh, my children could a- not ask for a better mother. And I don't think this church could ask for a better pastor's wife. She's done a wonderful, wonderful job. seated. Thank you. That's all. <laughs> no. I, you know, uh, my wife was, all of you know, she was born and raised right here in uh, this church. And um, I was born and raised in Arkansas. As, as one preacher said, I was not born in Texas, but I got to Texas as quick as I could. And, uh, but it's very, very difficult I know where you were born and raised um, to step in to a role that she has stepped in here, uh, and I think she's done a terrific job and uh, going to continue to do so. I love and appreciate my wife and uh, the mother of my children. Bless you. Now you can say something. Just a little bit. Okay. Well, I love the Lord this morning. I could, I could be here a long time if I did that. I do love the Lord, though, and I do praise him. I thank him for all his many blessings, and he has truly blessed me above and beyond what I could have ever thought or imagined. I do first want to uh, give tribute and honor to my mother, who is, I think, the best mother in the world. Uh, And Everything that I am, I owe to her and my dad because I think they have taught what you learn when you're young. It goes with you forever, and I do believe that she's taught me how to be a lady and how to be a, a pastor's wife, how to be to pray, how to. She's taught me so very much that I could never stand here and say all that she means to me, and all that how much I love her and appreciate her for all her stand. She was all always a godly lady. I never had to worry about what she looked like or how she was or how she acted in front of someone. She was always a lady, and that does mean a lot in this day and hour when there's not many ladies. There's a lot of women, but not many ladies. Uh, And I do appreciate her and her stand and her love for the Lord and how she has taught me to love the Lord. And I do thank her. I do uh, love each and every uh, one of you, all of you ladies. I hope you have a very wonderful Mother's Day today. I do love you and I appreciate each and every one of you. I cannot, every one of you have a special place in my heart. You're individual. Uh, I could just go on and tell you what each one of you mean to me and how much I do appreciate you. I do love my children, and I'm thankful for the Lord that he's given me four daughters, and I am very happy about my four girls. I love my daughters. I love them dearly, and um, they are wonderful girls. They have not given us any trouble so far. (laughs) Let's hope we keep it that way. Uh, But I do appreciate them and their love for me, and I do love my husband this morning. He has been a wonderful father. I know it's not Father's Day, (laughs) but I do love him dearly, and I do appreciate him, and and how he uh, helps me and gets on to the girls and tell them to mind your mother. 
But I do thank you, and I thank you for all. He's probably telling me something. I could go ahead and preach now. I got the Bible here. <laughs> but thank you very much, and I hope you have a wonderful Mother's Day with your family, and I hope you have a good day. Thank you. Praise God. Thank God for a good wife. Amen. They said that marriage is something that there is nothing else like. said there's nothing like it when you get a good one. There's nothing like it when you get a bad one. Y'all better not say that's right. <laughs> but I do appreciate my wife and her uh, uh, love for our children and doing such a wonderful job and uh, being the mother of this church. Lord, bless her and strengthen her today. And uh, so good to see all of you that are here, uh, all of you that came to be with your mother today. Lord bless you. That is very, very kind. Now, what you need to do is to show up every Sunday and uh, just honor and respect your mother. And I'm sure God would bless you for that. But we are, we are extremely glad that you're here. We know that you could be a lot of places today. And if you are a guest in this house today, we want you to feel extremely welcome. And uh, we are so, so glad that you've come to be with us and uh, with your mother today. And Lord bless you for doing so. I, I want, uh, if you can see out in the front, the work has begun on our sign. And uh, we are glad about that. And uh, they promised me that they'll be through before the weekend. And uh, so we're looking forward to that and excited about that and uh, thank God for his blessings to be able to help us and to get this and uh, I think it's going to be a, a, uh, a great deal for this church and we're looking forward to it. So if you have your Bibles today, if you want to stand, 2 Samuel chapter number 21, 2 Samuel chapter number 21 and uh, verse number 10, it is a very uh, I'm sure most of you have heard this story before. Uh, very sad, sad story. Um, but it's a very important story. And I want to bring out not the, just the sadness of this story, but also the, uh, the importance of what was happening here. And Rezba, the daughter of Ai, took sackcloth. Reading from chapter 21, 2 Samuel 21, 10, verses 11. Uh, 10 and 11, and spread it upon her and uh, the rock from the beginning of harvest until the water dropped upon them out of heaven, and suffered neither the birds of the air to rest on them by day, nor the beast of the field by night. And it was told David what Rezba, the daughter of Ai, the concubine of Saul, had done. Lord bless you for standing of the reading of the word of the Lord. You may be seated. I want to thank our Sunday school teachers, our Sunday school classes, our uh, children's choir for singing this morning and what they have done. Thank it was wonderful. Thank God for children. Amen. Thank God for children. Mother's Day is a special day. It is a, um, a wonderful day to celebrate and uh, to enjoy uh, if you have a mother that is still alive, you're very, very blessed today. And if you have had a mother uh, that has raised you, 
uh, right and done a good job. You're very, very blessed. I, I, I don't know. I, I got a few things I'd like to say this morning. Just going to kind of reminisce a little bit. Not really, I don't guess, preaching today, but I do have some things that I'd like to share with you. And uh, maybe just talk about my experiences a little bit. But there is one man that, that uh, he taught lectures on uh, raising children. And uh, there is, uh, there's a lot of books, there's a lot of literature that you can get and read and, and you can study and you can try to go by the book. But those books don't always fit every situation and everything that is going on in life. And uh, this man traveled across the country and he used to lecture on uh, child rearing. And uh, he had been a professor for a long time. And he lectured through his single years. Ain't that kind of odd? His single years and on parenting. His lectures evolved over the years. And when he was single, he started off calling his lectures the Ten Commandments of Parenting. After his first child, he had a change in the title to this, the Ten Hints of Parenting. After his second child, it became the Ten Suggestions of Parenting. When his third child was born, he just gave up lecturing. So a lot, a lot of you mothers can probably testify to that fact today that uh, there is no book that will fit every circumstance. But thank God, I, I am thankful, I am, I am so grateful today that I am a father and not a mother. And the fathers are to say thank God for that. But um, their job is never ending. It doesn't matter if they have a job in a public workplace, when they get home, their job does not end. And uh, I, I still feel and think that the best place for the woman is at home, and it would be best for our families. I understand that sometimes circumstances cannot, does not allow that. But I, I encourage you husbands today that if you do have a wife that works in the public workplace, that, that when she gets home, all the house chores does not belong to her. Hard to get a witness from the women on that anyway. <clears throat> that, that your day is not done when the five o'clock bell rings and you come home and kick your dirty shoes off in the floor and prop up on the couch or the lazy boy. And uh, one lazy boy brings in another lazy boy and you sit there, cook me something to eat, clean the kids up, get the house fixed up. When... Uh, They've been working just as hard as you have. Amen. Boy, I tell you, I always knew I need a bulletproof glass up here in front of this pulpit. But there is, there is things that, that mothers can do that men just cannot do. There is one thing that mothers have that is the greatest cleaning chemical of all time. Mother spit will do everything. 
<laughs> it's amazing what mother spit is able to do. It's like, let me get that right there. You know what I'm talking about. When you was little, they'd grab you right there, right there by that chin. That chin would hold you, and mama would lick her finger and go to work on your nasty face. If it was a bobo, mother's kiss, just that saliva out of mama's mouth would make it all better. You'd quit crying. It's amazing how, how powerful that is. I, you know, I, I don't know that it is just the mama's spit, but it's mama's love that is able to do everything. I can remember as you get older, you know, you start dodging that don't kiss me. No, oh man, no, no, don't do that. No, oh, don't, don't clean my face here and open in front of everybody. Man, it'd comb your hair, it'd clean your face, it'd fix bobos, it would do it all. But it was mama's love that, that had the power to heal, the power to stop the tears, the power to clean the dirtiness off, because it did not matter uh, who you were if you was mama's little baby. I had the privilege of being the last of our family. A lot of people call that the baby of the family. A lot of people call it spoiled rotten. A lot of people call it a lot of different things, but I call it a privilege. And uh, it, was, it was amazing what you could get by with by being the baby of the family. Man, there's, there's a lot of things you could play on. I can remember uh, a few years ago, Tony... Everyone knows that Tony's name is Cinderella. That is the baby of our family. Everybody accuses me of being a little partial. I don't know where they get that at. But uh, she, we were coming back from uh, the, the ranch, and we come through Houston, or coming into Houston, I begin to ask, where y'all want to eat? It don't matter. I don't care. I, it, I really don't care. Well, I went all the way through Houston, and nobody cared. It didn't matter. I got out of the city limits where there was no restaurants and everybody started saying, man, I'm hungry. When are we going to stop and eat? Where are we going to stop and eat? Why can't we stop and eat? I said, I've been asking you for an hour and a half. Where do you want to eat? Nobody said anything, so I keep on driving. And I already, now they don't think that I had this plan, but I did. At Winnie, there used to be a pizza inn. Now everybody knows how I love pizza. And I'd already made up my mind that I was going to stop there if nobody said anything between, uh, you know, any other place to eat. So we were coming down the road and the girls was crying. Man, I'm hungry. I'm starving. I, I, can't, I can't go any further. I'm about to pass out. I'm starving to death. And uh, they're, they're all screaming and hungry and starving. And yes, the one that was making the most noise was Tiffany. When she gets hungry, she gets angry. I told Nathaniel that when he wakes Tammy up, he's going to find out what angry is. <clears throat> Sidetrack here. I thought it was funny yesterday. I went over there, and uh, they're working on their house. I went in every room, turning on the lights, just leaving the lights on. I'm going to go over there every day and turn my thermostat on 60 and just walk out. 
I think it's funny. I said, I'm going to laugh when you get the first water bill. Just go in there and turn on the water faucet in the bathtub, unplug it, and let it drain. Hot water at that. That's kind of funny. That's a private joke. But, but anyway, we were driving along, and, and uh, they were whining and crying. Tony was, I don't know, she was two or three years old, and she had on her headphones, not paying attention to anything that's going on. She takes off her headphones and she says, Prince Charming. <laughs> yes, darling, the master is listening. She said, I sure am hungry. And Cinderella would really like something to eat. And so just so happens we was at the exit and I pulled off. And I said, I'm pulling off right now to get something to eat. And she took those headphones and she was holding them. She looked over there at the girls. She said, see, girls, that's the way you do it. <laughs> so there is nothing wrong with being the baby of the family sometimes. It has special privileges and uh, gets you places in life. But, uh, you know... Being a mother is not always the easiest job in the world. I can, uh, I, I was reading something to Mark, and, and, and uh, you can't always, you know, you can't always say yes. There's got to be times when a mama has to say no. And uh, I believe my mama liked to say no more than she liked to say yes. But the mark of an authentic parent is that they are not out to please the child. They are out to do what's best for the child. If a parent pleases their child all the time, the child becomes a parent and the parent becomes a child. Now my daddy and my mother, my mother, uh, I was listening at these weights of these mothers they were doing good on the weights, 45, 65 pounds. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> plus, and, uh, but they were mixing up on the age. My mother was not a, a real small lady, uh, not a real large lady, just kind of, she was, <clears throat> she was a stout lady. <laughs> Uh, she was a very opinionated lady, and when she thought she was right, I wasn't going to change her mind. She was never intimidated by me at all. My daddy sure enough wasn't, but my mama was not intimidated by me. I can remember Brother Ham, uh, his family, his mom and dad and all of their family, we were real good friends growing up. They spent a lot of time at our house, and we spent a lot of time at their home there in Mississippi. And uh, they called it uh, Sister Shirley's Slipper. And uh, they called my mom and daddy, brother Buddy, and Sister Shirley. But, but they called it her slipper. We always called it a house shoe. And uh, I can remember, now she said that she did not do this, but it is the honest to God fact with my hands raised. She did do it, and she's not here to defend herself, but I'm right, and she just tried to get out of it. I hope that she repented before uh, she passed away, but she would grab us by the hair of the head. That'd hold you still while she worked on the other end, and she'd take off that little floppy house shoe, 
And that thing was about that wide and had a rubber sole on it. And it would get some, some momentum going. And she would tear us up with that outshoe. It didn't matter if you was a guest or one of hers. If you was out misbehaving, she believed that you were due to get corrected. And I, I do thank God for a godly mother. And it wasn't, it wasn't out of being mean hearted. It was out of giving me some direction in life. And it is a proven fact that those things still work today. I don't care what Dr. Spock says. <laughs> you can say, oh man, I, I, the Bible still says if you, if you spare the rod, you will spoil the child. Now there's a difference in child abuse and being a parent that has some grit and grime about you. That don't let your children make the decisions. You say, oh, we have different philosophies and different opinions about raising kids. Uh, you, you don't have to agree with me. I, I don't care. There's some things in this Bible that, that's a must for you to agree on. But, but I have a philosophy and I know that you probably have your own philosophy. But we say we let our children make their decisions in life. You don't do that. You might say that you do that. But... When your child is very small, you say, you can't go play in that highway out there. You didn't let your kid play in the street, did you? No, because it is dangerous. And when they become teenagers, you still give them some direction in life and say, hey, if you want to drink, it's your, your body. If you want to smoke, if you want to do drugs, it's your body. If you want to go out and hang out with everybody, it's you make no, they need some parents in their life. And thank God. And I am saying parents, not just parent. But if it was not for mothers in their lives, sometimes they would have absolutely no direction in life. I thank God for a mother that knew how to pray and touch God. I thank God for a mother that was faithful to the house of God. That when it got church time, I didn't have to worry about where I was going. I was going to church. Amen. My mama used drugs in my life. She drugged me to church. She drugged me to places that I needed to go that I did not want to go and drugged me out of places that I should not be. She didn't just pray and leave God up to it, but she put some wheels on those prayers. Those wheels was a Cadillac or a Lincoln. And they had followed me everywhere that I went. It didn't matter. She didn't trust me. <laughs> you say, oh, you have to trust your children. My mama didn't trust me no further than she could see me. And if she was looking at me, she really didn't have a lot of trust in me then. But you know what she was doing? She was keeping me off of drugs and off of alcohol and keeping the cigarettes out of my life and keeping my life from being wrecked and messed up and ruined. And today I am standing here because of a mother that had a firm grip and a firm foundation and a firm desire to see the very best life that she could possibly hand down to her children. And I am here today for, because of that. And I thank God. I thank God. Hallelujah. A job of a parent is to be the filter of their homes. 
Water filters keeps out impurities from getting into our home. A lot is, a lot is given to, to purify our water. We were, we were over in Brazil and uh, they said, whatever you do, don't drink the water here. So I, I held them to their promise. I didn't because it is not purified. It is not taken care of properly and it will make you sick. Parents are the filters of the home. The filter sometimes has to reject things that are coming into the home. Amen. Parents are the filter so that junk from the world cannot come into the home and affect their children's life. Amen. You know, most women can give birth to children, but it takes a real mother to be a godly mother and to be what God has called you to do. Let me tell you today, mothers, don't sell yourself short. You have got a special calling from God that God has placed something very precious in your hands that you are to hold, that you are to lead, that you are to guide, that you are to protect, that you are to pray for, that you are to give direction in this life of how to be successful here, but not only to be successful here, but to make it to yonder. Amen. Amen. Be the filter that God has called you to be. Today we are living in a society that lets the world raise our children. We're living in a society that uses television for babysitters. God gave those children to you, not to Hollywood. Now they're using computers to babysit our children. Video games that is full of violence to babysit our children. And we call that, oh, they're just out of my hair. They're not making any noise. No, they're so zoned out that they don't know what's going on or what's coming up around the corner next. Amen. We need some godly parents that will get involved in children's life. My children have never been a drag to me. Now, I don't mean to get political. I'm still an American. And I still honor and respect the office of the president. But I do not honor and respect the president. I respect the office. But the president could get up and make a speech for pro-abortion, talking about his little girls. This was a few years ago, saying, if my girls go out talking about relationship with children and they, they get messed up, I don't want them to be punished with a baby. Do what? A baby is not a punishment. A baby is a gift of God that God has given to us. My girls were not a punishment to me. But they were gifts that God had given to me and to my wife. And I tell you, I want to protect them 
from the things of this world. Amen. Mothers, I commend you today that are, that are living and trying to do your best to raise your children in the house of God. Don't give in to the world's don't give in to what the world says is a thing to do. Amen. But keep building a wall. Keep building a fence. Keep building a hedge. Protect your children. Bring them to the house of God. Teach them how to pray. Teach them how to worship. Teach them how to love God. Because you have a calling that no one else can fulfill. I don't know, maybe just due to this time of year, I, I get very emotional. Um, the, I, it, was, it was a week before Mother's Day, the Sunday before Mother's Day, that my mother passed away, May the 3rd, and... Uh, we were all getting ready. We knew, we knew that she was very sick, and um, we were all getting together to be there to celebrate Mother's Day with her, and um, we did not get that last and final chance. We were all together, but for different purposes, but it's a very, very emotional time, and I know a lot of you have lost mothers here today, and you're here, and I know it's a uh, just brings back a lot of memories and I was looking at pictures yesterday and just reminiscing I, I get get all all messed up when I start looking at pictures it just just messes with my mind about when I look at myself 10 years ago and today it just messes with my mind I said Lord life is passing you by you're getting old and then I look at all of those who were here then and they're not with us today, and it, it just, just works on you a little bit. And I, I, I think about the blessings of God that God put in my life. My, my mother was a very, she was a very outgoing lady. She was a very wonderful lady, great singer, great musician, and uh, blessed with talent. She got, she got so so involved um, in our lives and uh, made such an influence and an impact on people that she come in contact with. She was just slightly nosy. Um, <clears throat> that would be an understatement. She wanted to know, she, we, we used to call her all the teenagers in the church, all the ones before us, all the ones my age and the ones who would come after knew her as Dick Tracy. She could sit in her den and find out more about you. Man, if she would have had the internet and all the devices that we, we this is before cell phones. There wasn't no, no GPS tracking systems. I don't know how she did it, uh, but she was quite amazing. I think some of it, she said, well, God just told me. I think some of it God told her, and she, she, had, some, she had some communication lines thrown out somewhere. Because uh, <clears throat> sometimes I ain't for sure if God even knew what was going on there. But, 
But she, she always had a way of, of finding out. She'd find out. I, I've told you this before. We, we had, um, before cell phones, I know some of you teenagers can't imagine there was life before cell phones. But the first bit of technology that they come out with that was just amazing was a pager. And uh, that pager was a little square thing that you wore on your belt. The first ones come out, and uh, it would go beep, 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 beep. And the person would talk to you openly. So everybody heard their conversation. Now, it was a one-way conversation. You could not respond. You had to call them back later. And um, my brothers had an ice business, and I was running that for them, delivering ice. And... and uh, they had me a pager, and that's the way they'd tell me where they needed ice, and I'd run over there. Well, that was a good device for my mama to check up on me. And so I'd say, you know, I'm going such and such. Now, I had to have an excuse for everything that I did because I had some parents that just not, did not understand. They did not turn me loose at 7 o'clock and say, okay, curfew's at 12, be home before 12. There wasn't none of that going on in my life. They, uh, <clears throat> I, uh, I remember one time I had, uh, I got out and I met this, this uh, <clears throat> person. And, uh, and uh, this person, we had, a, we had a, a scheduled meeting. And so we were going to meet. And uh, this person that I was going to meet, they said, said well, let's, I said, no. I said, whatever we do, we got to do fast. I said, uh, we got to go eat in a hurry because I got to be back in 45 minutes. They said, do what? It's 7 o'clock in the evening. I said, yeah. I said, my daddy will be getting back home in about 45 minutes and I got to beat him to the house. So my life was very, very uh, confusing at times. They, they kept me, they kept me in, in check all the time. And, and uh, she, would, she would call on this, this pager. And it didn't matter, after a few times I was around people, they all would gather around when they heard that thing go beep, 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 because they'd say, it's Homer's mama. <laughs> and uh, so my mother would come on there, Homer, where are you at? What are you doing? I bet you're not at Pizza Hut because I just drove by there and your car wasn't there. I drove by Walmart, you wasn't there. Do you know that your daddy is going to kill you? And they'd go through the whole spiel, and then she'd get all spiritual on me. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Man, there ain't nothing that works like mama's tears work. And I'm sitting there, I'm trying to be big in, all, in front of all my friends, you know. Ha, ha, that don't bother me. And on the inside, I'm breaking and I'm crying and I'm saying, oh God, don't kill me. I'm thinking the judgments of God's about to fall on me. Because mama's crying and praying and it, it, it just gets worse. And it'd only give you about 30 seconds and she'd call right back. I'd be trying to turn that thing off and, and uh, get back to the house. And what, what was so aggravating then? I look back on now and it was a salvation of my soul. So I want to encourage you teenagers, if you do have a mother today that cares enough about you that they don't give you the keys to the car and say, hey, just go, whatever, come back whenever, do whatever, 
Have a good time. We'll see you when you come back. You are to thank God. I know, I know it's aggravating now. I know, I know it upsets you now. But one day you might be in the place that I am looking back and thanking God that there was some steady force in your life that would bring you back to the center point. That hey, hey, these teenage years is only going to last for a short period of time. And then reality comes in and real life starts to take place. Amen. Teenage life is just a fantasy world. It's just, it's just something that's here for a little while and gone tomorrow. But your parent, your, your mother is trying to, to guide you and trying to hold you in check to help you understand, hey, this is only going to be for a short period and whatever you do, don't mess up your life now. Don't make a bad decision now. I can remember coming into the house and hearing my mother crying and praying and travailing before God. And I think back, God, I wish I had her doing that today. Pray for me, Mama. Call on God for me, Mama. Touch God for me, Mama. I want to tell you today, if you have a mother that'll pray for you, you have one of the greatest assets that's ever been given to mankind. Thank God for a mama who cares. Thank God for a mama who's concerned about the well-being and welfare of her children. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because you cannot see right now, but there is a world out there that's trying to swallow you up and trying to destroy you. They're making a new drug just to catch you today. They're making a new bottle of beer just to destroy you today. They're laying a new trap just to get you today. I look at this story of Rezba. Amen. She was the daughter of Ai. She was a concubine of Saul. There was a, there was a drought in the land of Israel. And David began to inquire of God, of what can I do to stop the drought, God? And God spoke to him, and he went and talked to the Gibeonites that were not of the children of Israel. But Saul had been angry with them and come against them. And God was judging Israel due to the fact of Saul coming against the Gibeonites. And so they... David asked the Gibeonites, what can I do? And they said, give us seven sons of Saul that we might hang them on the hilltop. And so David went and he got the seven sons of Saul and he brought them and turned them over to the Gibeonites and they hanged them there on the top of the hill. Amen. As the mothers cried and wailed and, and, and sweat bitter tears over the loss of their children. They all begin to turn around and walk off. But the scripture said Resba would not leave. Amen. There was a dead carcass of her sons hanging there and the fowls of the air would try to come and land upon them and tear the flesh away. Amen. But Zeba, Resba would not leave. She said I'm going to fight for the safety of my son's dead body. Amen. Today I stand here in defense of fighting mothers that has a desire that says, Hey, devil, you're not getting my son. Devil, you're not getting my daughter.
when the devil stares in your face and says, hey, I got them going in the direction that I want them to go. There's a mama that says, oh, no, I'm not about to give up. I'm not about to walk away. I'm not about to throw in the towel. Devil, you cannot have them. Hallelujah. 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 Resba was a type of the mother that did not buy the latest gadget coming out for her children. But she bought a towel and began to wave the towel and skip away the fowls of the air. The lions that would come by at night. The coyotes that would come by howling and growling. I want your sons. I want your sons. Resba began to fight off and scream in the face of the hot breath of the adversary and say no they're my babies they might be dead you might have some children that are not here today and the devil screaming in your face they're dead I got them amen but I want to tell you mama just keep on a praying I want to tell you mama keep on a fighting God is still able God is still a miracle worker God is still able to do it Hallelujah. 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 When everybody else went home, when everybody else gave up, when everybody else said there is no use to fight any longer, I can remember a time in my life where I really felt like my daddy was at the point of giving up. I really felt like he didn't think that it would ever work out. But you know what? There was a mama that said, I brought this child into the world. And I'm still fighting. I brought this child into the world. And I'm not about to give up this easily push the plate back I'm not eating no I don't want to go shopping today I want to go by the church and pray we're into a society today that we're trying to satisfy and appease our kids you want an iPad? Get an iPad. It's like giving a child a loaded weapon if you don't restrict what's coming over that. Oh, if you want it, baby, whatever you want, I'll get it for you. And our kids never see us travailing before God. Oh, but they wanted it. You want to wear that? Go ahead. I can't say no. What you've allowed your children to do is they're the parent in your life. And you are the child. You're trying to live your life through their life. Of letting them do everything that you could not do. But what your parents kept you from doing 
has made you what you are today. When I look back on my daddy's philosophy and my mother's philosophy, some of it I don't know if I could do. I can remember at a young age a very critical point in my life. Excuse me, I'm sorry to be emotional. Very critical point in my life. My daddy coming in and saying, son, I ain't, I'm not going to put up with that. I was 16 years old. Would not listen. My mama screaming and crying and begging God and begging my daddy. He said, son, if you're going to live like that, you're not going to do it and me pay the bills. I left home. That's tough. That's tough. That's tough parenting. And I'm not saying that I would advise that. I don't know that I could do that. But it was done in the fear and the honor and the respect of God. And you can't argue with facts of that it worked. But it was not this trying to get along. Can't we all just get along? Can't we all just, yeah, I'll give you this if you'll, if you'll do, no, no, no. But thank God for a praying mama. Thank God. Thank God. Resba, I want to hold up the hands of some mother this morning. I'm here to strengthen you. I'm on your side. Just keep fighting. I know the buzzers have come in to take your children. But just keep fighting. I know the adversary has come against your family. But just keep fighting. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. The good fight of faith as they come to the music this morning. Thank God for all of you mothers that has a desire, that has a prayer life, that has made a commitment to God like Resba. The enemy screaming in her face that they're dead and they're never coming back. But one day the word come back to the king. Is that woman still out there? She's still fighting. She's still beating off the buzzards. The flesh is now dripping off of the skeletons. From the heat. By now they're stinking. It's not a pleasant sight.
But here's mama with sackcloth on her head. Some of your children are not a pretty sight today. Bound by the things of this world. But just keep on a praying, mama. Keep on a praying. Prayer works. Prayer works. Prayer works. Prayer of mothers work. Praying mamas get answers from God. Just keep on a praying. She kept on a fighting. And word come back to King David. She's still out there. David went out to see what, what do I need? She says, you've got to bury my sons. I'm not leaving here with my boys hanging out here by themselves. But you've got to give them a right burial. So until that day from the harvest until the falling of the rain, she fought off the fowls of the air and the beasts of the fields. As we all stand in this place today, I just, I don't know, I just felt like telling you mothers this. Just keep on fighting for the spiritual well-being of your children. You've got a calling from God. God has placed you in this position because you were able to fulfill the position. And thank you, God. 